Today's episode is brought to you by Axod Surfboards. That's Alex Cruz Surfboard Designs, shaper of choice for the Gold Coast Underground. And this here podcast ain't that swell. For the month of August, official Swellian Shaper Axod Surfboards is offering all listeners of the pod 15% off. That's 145 hard-earned bones off of every online custom order. Just head over to www.axodsurfboards.com and use code CORN at the checkout (laughs) to claim your discount. Corn code, Smivy. Corn code. Loving that. He's a true corn lord, the Aldo Cruz. Gotta love the Cruz brothers. Two of the all-time greats from the Gold Coast. The strip that glitters, Vaughn. What are you going to do with that spare 145 in your Sky Rocket, Smith? Where are you heading with that sort of spare change? (laughs) Straight to me ketamine dealer to get a packet (laughs) or half a packet of horse tranquilizer and then straight to the door with whatever's left over, Vaughn. See you there, old buddy. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ASP are going to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that looks good, Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back. Get a haircut. Yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Hi. Vaughn, the sun is shining, the rain has dissipated, and so have the fucking waves. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like the spring sting is upon us. Mm, yeah, feeling the spring sting heavily after a couple of big benders, uh, the Splendor Bender, of mm. course. Ditch the ditch the twenty foot storm surf smithy like the coward that I am. Uh, went out to Splendor, got well and truly deep into the vortex. Uh, helped along by numerous swillians, uh, as I mentioned at the start of the last episode. And yeah, mate, just a fucking glorious time. Then I, I went down to Melbourne, bumped a few swillians down there as well, mm. uh, and just have been all over the shop, everywhere except in the water, mate. The spring sting can go fuck itself. Yeah, uh, bumped into a swelling. I promised a shout-out last night at the cinemas. Big shout-out to Andy, the mullet-headed nerd man from uh, the motherland, as it were, England. A, a prisoner of Mother England, mm. a pommy. Uh, mm. But uh, he's uh, just shipped out to the gas rigs in the desert of Australia. So, uh, mate, just remember, Wim Hof, every day, meditate oh one hour. Take care of yourself. 
because uh, it's not the friendliest environment out there, is it, Vaughn? You earn good coin, but there's got to be a karmic kick up the coit for just rinsing Mother Gaia of all of her precious NRG. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, I've heard it's a uh, wildlife out there, Smithy. Mm. I know we've got a few listeners out there on the rigs and uh, in the fields getting it done, and not all of them are, you know, look, look. We understand. You got to earn a crust. Oh, mate. We're, we're not fucking. We're not dark on the fact that people, swellians in particular, have to get out there and earn their fucking bickies doing these fucking jobs that sometimes feel karmically out of balance. Maybe I'm not hating the players, Vaughn. You got to hate Thank the you, game. Mate. Play Thank the you. ball. Thank you. Not the man. Get out there. Get the dink rub in your eyes. We don't give a fuck as long as you play hard, done good. That's all we care about. Exactly but, right, Vaughn. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Jeez, uh, I had a few uh, swelling shout-outs to do as well. Maddie and Jack from the uh, Inspired Unemployed. Got oh, yeah. Spent a fair bit of time at Splendor and uh, fucking huge swellings. Just got back from the men's. Did a fucking shit ton of corn rinsing up there. Oh. Actually had a good look inspection of the corn. Both boys absolutely platinum, yes. sparkling clean. Smithy, you could drink a bowl of soup yeah. out of those couple of Sparkling fucking... clean except for the 10 pack of googs that was just saddy bags <laughs> stitched to the corn. Well played, boys. Uh, Old Gary Conehead, Senior Sergeant Constable didn't Conehead. Get didn't get that far up your corn. Nah. Didn't find the 10 pack, you dog. Nah. But one smelly and I want to give a shout out to is uh, our mate Joey. From uh, two under. That's T. No, it's two UNDR, Smivy, who loaded us up. Loaded up Smivy and Deadly with uh, all sorts of socks and underwear. And, mate, I'm telling you. Once you've had a good corn rinse, you put this shit on, it stays clean. Mate. Oh, you got to love that, Vaughn. I mean, uh, fittingly, in fact, uh, because after a couple of days of rubbing shoulders with the elites at Splendor in the mm. Grass, remember that, Vaughn? We were backstage with the who's who and the what's what and the hip hop and the crap and the, the you know, just the yeah. fucking, the crew, yeah, yeah, the creme yeah. de la creme. Can you imagine, uh, Vaughn, you know, after two days of rubbing shoulders with the elite, uh, I ended up... I ended the weekend the only way I know how, Vaughn, and that's by driving my flatmate's unregistered car home to Wardell from West Balna in my two-under underpants, plastic flapping off the broken window, broken muffler, attracting police like flies to horse shit, and uh, a gram of ketamine in my pocket. And uh, so it's 10 o'clock at night just to paint the scene. Mm. No one around. Mm. I pull onto the roundabout. And who do I see coming down the road oh, from Alstonville? Senior Sarge. None other than Senior Sergeant Gary Conehead waving his baton out the window. I'll get you this time, Smitty. Not today, Conehead. I screamed back at him as I tapped, tapped the accelerator so as to not let the broken muffler rip. And I slowly rounded the roundabout and then just hit the gas as I engaged the unregistered Paddock Bash's top secret camouflage mode. That is to say, I switched off all the lights while doing 140 k's down the highway before ripping a hard left onto the nearest Wardell back road where I was safe amid the cane fields and swamps for mm. eluded Senior Sergeant Conehead yet again. All in a day's work, Vaughn Corn. All in a day's work for the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award winner, Smitty. Oh, Smitty. Thank God, mate. Glad you uh, survived Splendor and survived that dodgy, precarious trip home, my friend. Uh, indeed. I mean, my, my car uh, kind of blew up just on the eve of Splendor, and you know, it forced me to rely on lifts and, and, and drive a... My flatmate's paddock basher. Just, you know, just inch it up the highway. Just tap it in. Tap it in, Vaughn. Just up to West Balna there. Tap, 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 you know, tap, nothing tap. can possibly go wrong. It's a mm. pretty barren stretch of highway. 
Conehead doesn't usually venture into Wardell. Mm. It's a no man's land mm. for the fuzz, the popo. <laughs> they know what happens when they come down Wardell way, mate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, as we know, Vaughn, I've, in- I've uh, invented this uh, caricature persona, Smithy, mm. as host of Ain't That Swell, a sort of pastiche of uh, the ultra-violent 19-year-old Jed Smith with all the knowledge accumulated since, but sometimes even Simivi feels the need to give Jed a talking to. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he was just like, you know, I get it, the, the unregistered car, but why are we in your fucking undies, mate? <laughs> and I mean, so that was my pants were covered in mud. Uh, you know, I just fucking, I got out of my mate's car. I just fucking had a gutful. I've been wearing the same pants for two days. They were streaked in more mud than, uh, you know, after a, an Indonesian gut bomb and yep. eight foot pedang. It was just a full blown yep. mud fest, sticky, sweaty, ketamine corn. I just wanted to air it out for him. So yeah, in my undies, unregistered car, just evaded conehead. Yet again, cop that oh, Well, fucking good on you, Joey. Thanks for the two unders, mate. And I can't recommend the product enough to all Swellians. Two UNDR, get on it. My balls and my feet have never been so comfy at the same time, Smithy. Finger buns just sitting in the room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns. Finger buns, feed your face in finger buns. Finger buns, number five. Swell apocalypse breakdown, Vaughn, courtesy of Surfline. Uh, we called it. We called it. End of day swell. Didn't get to surf it, but fuck, it hit hard, Smithy. Mm, and, and they were just explaining on the, the website over there how the entire world can pump at the same time. From J-Bay to Chile to Chopes to Indo to Australia's East Coast. It was just fucking coning. Mm. I looked at the the synoptic chart and there was just fucking orbs. Just like they'd completely done away with the onion. It was just pictures of you know little spinning tubes all over the world. Uh, and the I ex- miss the onion. I do miss the onion. Mm. I, I, I grew up at a time where the onion was the only indication of what the swell was going to be doing. Like if you'd buy the paper, there'd be a, a, a sort of, you know, nine pages of comics. It'd be fucking 50,000 mm. pages of Harvey Norman lift outs. And then you'd get to the, the weather page. There'd be a little map, a little synoptic chart and a little onion ring. And you'd get a little stiffy, a little bit of weed. That's right. Out of it. That's right. And, uh, as it were, right across from all the uh, phone sex and special massage parlor advertisements. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's mm. where the weather used to be, mate. Mm. Not now. Now it's far. You get the little stiffy from the onion, and then you just get the full stiffy from the phone sex and <laughs> splurt all over the trading post. Throw it in the bin. <laughs> oh, how good. The glory days. Uh, <laughs> forecasting well, how good was it? Bring back the uh, bring back the, the, the classified you know what, lift you know, outs. Hey, it was the death of the media you know as we what, know it, Vaughn. You know as soon as those phone sex oh, businesses yeah. packed up and there was no more uh, no more massive fifty page lift outs from your newspaper, it was all downhill, it was all straight in a Zuck's bank account. Well the funny thing is if you write onion ring into Google these days, you just get a fucking <laughs> You just get a fucking pages and pages of the grossest looking corns you've ever oh. seen. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. mate, where are we today? What is going on? So hey, anyway, but you know another place where onion rings have um, uh, disappeared from is surfboards. Mm. And when they were glassed in like, I don't know, like 90 uh, layers of 16 ounce mm. and nothing could penetrate them. They'd never snap. But, uh, you know, if they fell off the roof of the car, you'd get an onion ring mm. on your board. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Does anyone out there still get onion rings? DM us a photo.
Yeah. Get in India. We'll go to India. Uh, and just an explanation of you know what happens when the entire southern ocean looks like a lava lamp. This is what's going on. Uh, a belt of westerly gales tens of millions of years old wrapping around the southern ocean and blowing its heart out it's the planet's biggest surf production line and while it'll go to sleep from time to time every now and then it decides to switch on and when it does the whole world pumps for mm. the whole world pumps the whole quote world pumps surf line fuck that's a good line that is a good line that gives that's that's getting me ramped up maybe the whole world pumps Dude, we got to write a song about that. Mm. Oh, when it's fiery, oh, when it's monumentally cold, the whole world pumps with you. When southern wind belts from southern oceans send consequential orbs right through, when your corn holds. Rinse left and right, and your pineal glands throb all through the night. Oh, when it's firing, the planet's dying. The whole world pumps with you. Uh, a guy was in the thick of it on this last run of swell. Swell apocalypse. Mad Max McGuigan from Vaughan. He sounds like a boxer from the 1930s. In fact, he's a slab specialist from the 2020s. Mm. And uh, the Maroubra Grom has been on absolutely everything in the last 12 months. From Vuies to The Verge, Dead Man's, and Cape Salander, a.k.a. ours. He's been absolutely packing it. And is well on his way, in my opinion, to collecting this year's Golden Corn Award. Mm. For the most rinsed balloon knot in world surfing. Uh, I mean, nothing rinses the corn like butt-dragging at Cape Salandavon. Uh, it's like putting your finger on a belt sander. Just... <laughs> Shunk! There goes a layer. It might be a bit red raw for a couple of days, but jeez, it's white. Oh, Let's yeah. see what Mad Max McWiggin had to say. Oh, what an honour it is, Vaughan, to have the south side massive holding it down for the inner city battlers packing mondo orbs of mortal coniquence, Max McGuigan. He sounds like a boxer from New York in the 1930s and, uh, well, I know he's pretty much as hard as one of them, fucking packing <laughs> cape cones like a madman. Maxi, welcome to the program, mate. Yeah, boys. Stoked to be here. What's going on, man? Uh, talk us through this latest run of swell. You're like Batman. I saw you all up and down the East Coast chasing it before parking yourself in what I'm calling one of the greatest images I've ever seen, one of the greatest pits I've ever seen at the Cape. Yeah, mate. Um, just been working lately and just trying to save a bit of coin to get up and down the coast and hopefully overseas sometime soon. But, yeah, I've got a pretty pretty good boss. He's just He's just very good with me, so he just lets me go. So what happened? You uh, did you end up going up to Kira to chase it, and then you ended up back at the Cape on that same swell? Mate, no, I um, I actually was stuck in Sydney for Kira, but um, I knew there was going to be waves on the on the at Cape that day, so I just kind of like brushed Kira. I knew it was going to kind of be a bit of a circus, so I just brushed Kira and then just waited for the hours, and it, it, mate, it turned on with no one out. I just got absolutely kegged. 
fucking oath you did, man. Holy smokes, man. Talk us through that wave. Cause like I said, it's uh man, it's like eight feet wide. It's like fucking kind of wider than it is tall. And I'm calling like maybe the best shot ever from the Cape. Mate, yeah, I don't know. Like, um I got out there, I was I was I woke. I actually went out on a Sunday night, <laughs> and I woke up in the morning to a call from a couple one of the boys over there, and it was just like they said it was like kind of pumping and it was like small, but it was big. And then I don't know. I was ringing around trying to get the boys to jump on the ski with me, and I couldn't find anyone, so I just went over by myself and took an anchor. I was just going to paddle, but then Bill Longbottom was over there, and he didn't have a tow partner, so I just jumped on with him, and he was like, "Jump on first and then like. We probably waited. It was slow. Probably waited like two hours or a couple hours, you know, in between ways. But then this one just like come through and it just, man, I knew it was going to be solid when I was going down it because it just, you know, you can tell when it starts to do, when it goes like one foot deep off the takeoff and it's got a little step and then you just pull up and it just goes below sea level. And then, I don't know, I was lucky enough to kind of get the rail up and not, not <laughs> bog rail and, and yeah, it kind of got through it and it just went real thick and wide and it threw as wide as it was high. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, right. So Dill Longbottom put you in the spot. That makes sense because the whip was as perfect as it gets. And uh, I mean, if you were a millimeter not in the right spot, you were fucking going headfirst into the rock probably. Yeah, for sure. Mate, if you fall off on that takeoff, you're in a very bad spot and, and especially on that direction as well because it, it, um, it pushes you back into the rocks and it doesn't push you into the channel. So... Yeah, when it's got a lot of east, it, it's actually very more dangerous, but much more rewarding. True, yeah. I mean, who could forget? Kobe Graham broke his neck out there. I remember that. Fuck, that would have been, what, five, ten years ago now? It's, yeah, uh, fuck, on a... that, that, that was ruthless. That, I, that was, I was still a youngster when that happened, but yeah, mate, there's definitely been a, like a fair share of injuries out there. Like I thought, I've thought I've broken my femur out there before. I couldn't walk for a few days, had to get x-rays and that, but it was uh, just a big cork. <laughs> Mate, talk us through your history with the wave. Like, how old were you when you started uh, surfing out there? And, and who's kind of mentored you and, uh, you know, just helped you find find the sweet spot out there? Yeah, mate. So, mate, when I was younger, I was, um, I think I was about, I think I was about 12 or 13. Yeah, 11, 12. And then, mate, I was just surfing down the beach and um, down Maroubra and, you know, just growing up with, like, all the older boys like Mark and, and Kobe and Richie Vass and, and, you know, all them boys just going out there. Like, I was always definitely, like, pushed to, like, start surfing, like, the bigger stuff. And I remember my first time ever surfing, like, out there. It was just Mark, and he just took me out there. He just goes, hey, paddle straight to the inside. You're up first. And I was kind of I was kind of young, and I was really scared. And I kind of pulled back on a couple. But, um, mate, over the years, it's just starting to get a heaps, heaps better and heaps easier. It's, it's, it's a good vibe out there. All the boys, we're all like a little family, you know, like... And um, yeah, mate, it's just been there's been a long history of boys out there. And, yeah, Mark, pretty much just Mark and and Vass and the ones that got me out there and got me on the board and got me kind of going psycho. <laughs> oh, I love that, man. That's uh, that's that's so classic. And what about um, you know, it's served as a really good launching pad for you. It seems like you know you've been popping up all up and down the east coast on, on swells. Um, you know, basically on the wave of the day at you know the verge and. At, uh, a crazy one at Dead Man's, like you know, ha- has that baptism of fire at ours helped you a lot uh, in those some of those other slabs? They they must seem quite easy by comparison, you know. There's no fucking backwash or rocks right in your face um, at yeah. a lot of the other slabs. Yeah, for sure. Like, mate, 
to be honest with you, like it's so much can, so much can go wrong in such little time at ours. And I don't know, being on your back end out there, it is a, a lot more difficult. But when it comes to like these easier ways, like the ones you were just saying, it, it does make it a lot easier. And, and yeah, it, just all, it all comes together and you get the fucking sickest wave ever. Maxie, it's deadly here, mate. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, peg you on that goofy fucking aspect out there. I mean, we saw Jai Abaddon in the early days give it a fair whack and uh, Kirky Flynn off during the, the Red Bulls and stuff. But, I mean, fuck, mate. There's such a small handful of goofs who uh, put it in out there. What's the aspect like as you're coming off the bottom here? You're basically looking over your shoulder just going, fucking, look, it's my worst nightmare coming at me. Yeah, mate. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of hard. I, you just, I don't know. It's I kind of try and square my body up with the with the wave, but yeah, mate. What if, you don't know what you're gonna get. It's kind of a gamble with ours. Like it, it does throw like different waves at you, backwash, and but um, yeah, you got Kirky Flynn off, but uh, yeah, you know who always was the best out there, Joy Abbott, mate. He was mate, the bloke's a gun. Mate, and tell us a bit about yourself, like, uh, obviously from down there at Maroubra, like, you know, give us a, a bit of a background on, on your family history even, like what, you, what your parents did for a living, stuff like that. Yeah, so my mum was a, she was originally from Cronulla, She's, uh, she was a pioneer iron woman. True. Uh, yeah, Lisa Hardy, she was, uh, yeah, one of the pioneer iron women, she's um, actually one of the, yeah, one of the first, and my dad was a uh, rugby league player from uh, around Maroubra, Malabar area. Get fucked. Who did he play for? Maruba or the Wombats? Nah, he was a Wommy. Ah, oh, dog. Yeah. And he, 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 yeah, played for South Eastern as well. Oh, South Eastern, yeah. Um, and I think he played a couple of games for Cronulla Sharks. Bullshit. Sure. Fuck. I'm that's... not 100% sure, but yeah, I think he was up there with, with Cronulla. Fuck and, yeah. Um, yeah, so then we eventually moved uh, around Maruba area, and uh, ever since I was three years old, I've just been surfing, and, and yeah, that's about it. That's oh, really man. It. <laughs> Don't get much more Southside classic than that. The son of a rugby league player and an iron woman. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, mate, like, um, you know, what are you doing for a crust now? Just uh, tradie life? Mate, I'm actually, I am currently a, I'm a lifeguard down at um, the world famous Bondi Beach. Oh, Bondi Beach world <laughs> famous. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I'm, a, um, I'm a chippy as well, just on the side. But, yeah, it's going good. Loving it. Oh, sick, man. Well, you're doing your region very proud. Uh, it's been amazing to watch someone just fucking backside in some of these waves that, uh, you know, fuck, that they're not goof-friendly at all. Neither, I wouldn't say the Verge even is all that goof-friendly, but you've, you're making it look like fucking Jerry Lopez out there, dude. It's a cakewalk <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good fun. All right, sick, Maxie. Hamad, Max McGuigan. Thanks for joining us on the program, brother. Yeah, boys. Thanks for having me. On you, Maxie. Talk soon, brother. All right. See ya. Bye, mate. Yeah, 15-year-old Gromit Dane Henry uh, scored a skits Kirikone, paddled it too on a eight-foot sweepy-as-fuck day. Jet skis running the mark, and the Grom manages to get himself into one uh, little airdrop, rolls over a ledge halfway down the face and just into a giant pit, blown out, hands in the air, absolutely magic. 15 years old, Vaughn. The, uh, the GOAT, Kelly Slater, weighed in, the, in, in on the comments. Uh, charging, sick one, the GOAT oh. had to say. But Can mate, you imagine being 16 and having Kelly Slater comment on you? Like, I mean, anything, anything. If Kelly Slater looked at me when I was 16, I would have just shit me pants instantly. I would have been on the phone to two under just getting a whole <laughs> new box sent over. 
I mean, how does, how does it? Uh, this is the new world we live in. You mm. can be, uh, what, 15, 16-year-old from Kingy, Kingscliff. I'm pretty sure Henry's from up that way, isn't he? I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure he's uh, King Kingscliff board riders represent. But like, fuck, mate, that is psycho getting the goat <laughs> commenting on your wave. I mean, good enough that someone filmed it. Good enough that it was talked about as one of the ways to swell. Mm. But that little cherry on top, that little goat pebble on top, geez, that feels good. Oh, it does, and a little goat pebble, a little uh, a few little goat pebbles, even better. But you know, we're talking about this a uh, couple of episodes ago, Vaughn. I think it was Swellapalooza, in fact. Uh, just the amount of turned up turbo little Groms sending it on the big days. Like, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I'm, I'm going back, say, 10, 15 years, and I can remember being up at Kira on days exactly like this. The wonky, like, too big, wash through, sweepy as fuck, watching me old mate Clanger Dawson on a 7.6, the HPC coach, yeah. just fucking sending it, uh, you know, who was in his mid-20s at this point. But even being very shocked at that time, just being like, fuck, it's dangerous out there. Holy shit. Like, watching it from the groin and watching it just go fucking all dredgy below sea level, basically a, a chandelier closeout. Uh, you know, and, and this guy, you know, we're, we're talking about surfers in, in the peak of their powers in their mid-20s. This kid is 15 years old and uh, now sending it on those exact kind of days. It's crazy shit, man. It's a, it's a fucking dangerous wave. And just uh, to top and tail that, I think there was like five people ended up in the emergency ward after that session, you know, bleeding eardrums, blown out ears, uh, all kinds of impact injuries and contusions. It was mm. dicey, Kira. It wasn't the perfect cure that we've come to know, uh, probably a bit too big for it, a bit too uh, short period, but yeah, fucking crazy dangerous swell. The Grom doing himself very proud. Yeah, mate. And I, 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 when I was a Grom, we used to hitchhike up to Kira on these big swells, Betsy and Roger, a c- couple of cyclones that really came in thick and hard. And um, same thing, mate. You'd sit up there, you'd see the best surfers in the world getting fucking towed up out there, Smivy, just getting so rinsed and so beaten and so bashed into the bottom. The sand is compact out there, and this is way before the Superbank too, when it wasn't as square. Like it was, still had a little bit more sort of ropiness to it, uh, sort of bend around the point a bit more. But uh, I remember this uh, old story in surfing world. I'm actually gonna try find it. And I'll read it to you for uh, Greatest Stories Never Told, one episode. Because I read this when I was about 13. And it's just about a guy jumping in the water at Greenmount. He, he doesn't bother going around a rainbow. And he, and he starts trying to get out through, you know, Coolangatta Beach there. And he's just getting sucked towards Big Groin back when it was it, it was a bit of a mesh to get past. Like a, all that sand from the Superbank hadn't sort of filled into Greenmount there. So it's stuck out a long way. Mm. And this story, mate. I reckon it gave me nightmares for years. It was just like he's paddling out. The groin's getting closer. He's nowhere near the end of it. He's just going, oh, fuck, a set starts coming. And just all your worst sort of, you know, paddle out nightmares are coming true because there is no escape. You you get caught on that little that little tip and you, you're not sort of getting that little rip run out off it and you are going to get flogged. So It's a yeah, great point. I, I think that uh, for, for Grom's... Getting out there, I mean, I saw some photos of Jack Robbo and stuff out there on that on that swell, and it looked fucking every bit as as big and as heavy as anything I've seen uh, on the Goldie in recent years. So, full credit and full dog. Hope you get the lot, your dog. And uh, belly head surfer James Billy Watson, local lord, lifeguard, big wave surfers, fucking packed at the jaws. Uh, mate, the guy lost his jet ski onto the rocks at Burley's in the midst of that swell. And uh, you've probably seen the footage of him rescuing it. Fucking hell. Are you mm. kidding me? Oh. 
No thanks. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, a couple of karambas through the alley there also for the jet ski friendly, the jet ski enthusiasts. But uh, it was there. Swell Apocalypse lived up to its namesake born. It was mm-hmm. pretty consequential out there. Mm, yeah. Nah. Well, we called it Smithy. We know what we're talking about. Smithy and Deadly on it again. Number four. four. Top five, heading into Chopes by the numbers, Vaughn. Uh, just the men's side of the draw via Stab Magazine. This is the breakdown. We're going to do a deeper dive on Blitz shortly, but uh, currently this is the situation for the men's. Mm-hmm. Philippe Toledo and Jack Robinson are both well ahead of the pack and are locked in for lowers, the final five crescendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their seeding could potentially flip-flop in Tahiti. So, you know, ex- you're expecting Jack uh, with a strong result here potentially to overtake Felipe. Getting the first place meaning he only has to surf once to win the world title. Mm. Wow. Uh, on the bubble, Ethan Ewing, Italo Ferreira, and Griffin Colapinto are all still at risk of dropping below the fifth place cutoff. With Kanoa Igarashi as the most significant threat, uh, and the hungry, hungry hippos, Callum Robson, Miguel Pupo, Connor O'Leary, and Sammy Pupo are all long shot underdogs. The exact numbers are so Ethan can secure his finals day spot with a quarterfinal berth in Tahiti. And even a ninth might keep him safe uh, unless we saw a Griffin versus Kanoa final. But uh, if Ewing is to finish 17th, he'd be in danger of succumbing to the advances of Italo, Griffin, Kanoa. If, uh, so Italo's situation, if Italo places higher than Ethan, he'll jump him. Mm. And a quarterfinal finish would almost certainly secure Italo's spot at lowers, while a ninth place finish would leave him a bit vulnerable should Kanoa and Griffin Bring their A game. Uh, and if Italo doesn't compete, the door will be left wide open for Kanoa and Griffin to take his spot with a solid performance. Uh, Griffin with Kanoa lurking just 1,200 points behind him. Whoever places higher out of those two oh, will advance the trestles. And then, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Kanoa. He basically has to, needs basically a win or a semi final finish. Um, and uh, that would almost certainly push Idolo or Griffey out of the top five, depending on their results. And then beyond that, Cal Robson, Miguel, Connor, and Sammy, all of these guys need a win uh, or a second. Only Callum can come runner-up and, and still make the top five. Mm. Um, and, and they're kind of depending on the results of those in the top five. But yeah, that's the situation. And uh, we actually just caught up with Cal Robbo in Chope at the end of the road. Let's mm. hear what he had to say. Well, Callum Robson on the phone live from Chapu. Uh, mate, you've uh, jumped the gun. You're over there pretty early, getting a bit of time in the brine before the end of the road starts to pop off for the comp, which I think kicks off around the 11th. Um, what was behind the, the early the early trip over there? Yeah, um, thanks, boys, for having me. Um, yeah, come here early, 11 days early. We've got Surfing Australia that's put, on, um, put, up a, put us in accommodation and kind of looking after us all kind of trending towards the olympics in um 2024 trying to uh so yeah they're supporting this event um and yeah a bunch of us come over for an early strike mission trying to get some waves it kind of looks pretty average so far but um i think friday saturday sunday could have a little bump as well and hopefully get some time in before the the full circus comes to town 
Who's uh, over there with you, mate? Who's Who are the, the surfing Australia hierarchy backing to make the Olympic team? Is it a sort of extended squad like the, the rep teams in footy and all that sort of thing, or do they just sort of took a, take a handful? Uh, well, they're just supporting the CT guys as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as I know, on this trip. Um, they was staying in the house with me is Connor and Jacko, and then um, Ethan and Jack Robber both over here um, from the boys. And none of the girls so far. Fuck, I tell you what, it makes my fucking loins tingle thinking of all you blokes over there together getting an early start at Chopes, mate. Yeah, it's going to be good. I hope, fingers crossed, we get some waves and so excited. We had a quick look out there today. It was dead flat, but it's just like to see the whole zone and look back on the mountains. You see it in all the clips and all the um, iconic surf movies and to see it real life, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. That's your first trip over there, mate? Yeah, first trip. Um... Yeah, never, never done. If Jacko and a few of the boys come over for the QSs, I think there's a beach break close by. But yeah, my first trip here, and it's actually pretty close to Oz. I didn't realise how close it was, so definitely be um, keen to do some more strike missions in years to come. What's your read on the wave and and, and the zone in general? I mean, uh, I guess you haven't really seen it pop off properly yet. Yeah, no. Like I, we just got in early yesterday. Oh, early this morning actually. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of what I expected. It's, um, uh, it's been, it's really wet and it's been raining over here at the moment. So it's kind of hard to get a good gauge, but, um, yeah, I think it's like, it's kind of everything I expected. We haven't had to go, go around and get any food yet and anything. So I haven't really indulged too much in what the, the food and different things are like. So we've just been kind of just, Yeah. One quick surf, but pretty excited to see how things pan out next few days. A lot of French food over there, mate. Get those baguettes and those croissants and that poisson crew up your guts. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah, bloody I heaps of fish, apparently. And he's fished out. <laughs> so good. And uh, what are you thinking, man, in terms of results? Like, you need a, a big result here to, to force your way into that top five. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely within the realms of possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, this year just uh, it's been going pretty good, and um, looking to finish strong here in Chopper's event. I've kind of been looking forward to the whole year, really event to kind of push yourself, step outside your comfort zone, and um, and just have a real red hot crack. So I'm excited just to be in the environment. I know I've got to do have a massive result to uh, to make that final five, and I'm kind of excited by that prospect i feel like it's like a good position to be in i'm kind of got to be all in and just um yeah do everything in my power to give myself a good opportunity to perform and uh that's what i'm gonna do and i think just hopefully we get some waves and it's just a really good ending to the to the what's been a pretty good year i feel like mate just looking at the ratings and and who's sort of all competing for that last spot that we're just going to see a real desperation from Kanoa and Griffin in particular. I feel like they might just turn up with death wish surfing going on. Like, is that kind of what your mentality is to just fucking send it over the ledge no matter what? Or are you going to try and take a little bit more of a, I don't know, a thoughtful approach into it and really get to know the wave a bit and and sort of be a bit more strategic about what waves you're going to take? Because you have got Jack Robbo in your corner there and, fuck, no one does it better than him over there. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I haven't been, like, thinking that thinking it through that much i'm just like i feel like 
I'm conscious of not just when it's big, just getting an old helmet and trying to just pack the biggest clothes out. I just want to be, want to make sure I'm picking the right waves and surfing smart heats, but also throwing myself over the ledge when I need to. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to play, to stay in the present and kind of just take it as it comes. And um, yeah, I'm, hopefully we get waves and just opportunities to kind of get the heart heart rate pumping and um yeah it should be good we saw fanning struggle to get results there in the early part of his career and that all changed with one trip you know he went over there for for three weeks before the event uh, i think d'souza did something similar is it one of those waves where you really need time in the lineup to understand it well i haven't even spent any time lineup, so i wouldn't couldn't really say but um <laughs> i think that's been a theme all year and something that i'm going to work on for next year in terms of trying to put as much time into the CT locations, especially over the off-season, making sure I'm keeping an eye on all locations and um, trying to spend time in. Because I think just from just from watching this year on tour, like I know Ethan and Jack have both been going pretty early to most spots and um, their results obviously speak for themselves. So I think it's been a um, – it's kind of been a, a recipe that's been working for a, a long time and it's been proven in the results it's – it's got. Mate, uh, what about the energy of those two guys you just mentioned, Jack and Ethan? Uh, just standout years for both surfers, along with yourself. But uh, what, what's their sort of, uh, I don't know, what's what's their vibe like? How's their aura now that you're all together in one spot? Are you, are you sensing that, that something is really building here for Australian surfing, particularly with those guys that are uh, leading the charge? Yeah, I think for me what I've noticed most about being around Jack and Ethan and um, this is the focus and um, and just them being willing to stay in that uncomfortable situation and that uncomfortable state for um, for as long as it takes. And I think that's one of the main um, key factors in doing well on tour is just being able to stay in that that mindset and that um, in that moment. So I think just taking taking bits and pieces of knowledge off them and and just watching what they do and um, yeah, I think there's a bit of a shift in terms of just like the overall focus of the Australian um, surf team in a way. Everyone's got over here early. That was like every bloke took up the opportunity to come over it early. Um, so I think it just everyone's just hungry to do well, especially now, now these days it's like it's pretty much you've got to be all in no matter what in every aspect of the sport. Otherwise it's hard to um, stay at this level. Can I, can I make a suggestion, mate? I reckon like just before Chopes kicks off, Everyone get together like in in a, in a dressing room kind of set up. Find a little shed out the back of uh, deep heat in the mama and papa's. Yeah, get some fucking denker rub out. Get that smell of fucking the sheds cranking. And I reckon, especially you, mate. I reckon you could be the guy to deliver the speech that fucking just takes it to the next level. Gets Robbo into number one. Gets fucking Ethan qualified and gets yourself in there as well. Like what do you reckon? Born, some Tommy Radonica's face slapping. Yeah, fucking big fire-up speech. Get Connor in there. He can be, uh, you know, like the forwards, just fucking bumping shoulders. And uh, Oh, mate, I just feel like uh, that could be the last little ingredient, just a big fire-up speech. What do you reckon? Yeah, bloody oath. That'd be sick. I think, uh, yeah, bloody oath, why not? We need you boys over here firing up. Where's the, swe- where's the swelling squad? Oh, don't worry about the fucking swellings, mate. They will be in force. I reckon we'll get some yeah. videos going over there. We'll go mad. Yeah, where's the swelling yeah. stipend, Marta? Hey, hey, <laughs> surfing Australia, <laughs> mate. You can easily, uh, easily chop us over there, I'm sure. But, uh, mate. Where's the, budget? where's the budget for the boys? Come on. Oh, fucking oath, mate. Exactly. What a disgrace. <laughs> 
What about, uh, I mean, look, we got four Australians in the top 10 right now, uh, two in the top five. Uh, so, you know, just to, to read it off, Jack Robbo second, Ethan Ewing third, yourself in seventh, and uh, Connor in ninth. Mate, how does it feel to be a part of a resurgence like this? Uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. Australia's kind of been wallowing uh, in the doldrums a bit, but here you guys are putting us back on the map in the men's. How does it feel? What's the feeling like? Yeah, I guess it's. I get a lot of support from um, everyone in Oz and all kind of old core lords or froth and think like about just the Aussies are back and the power surfing kind of the grit. I think it's like it's important to have all that, but for me being in the moment, I can't. I don't really focus on it. I just focus on what my job is and not get caught up in the external noise of it all. I just try and focus and do my own thing and. Um, yeah, stay in the moment. But it's obviously really nice to get all that support and um, it means a lot, especially when things aren't going great or, um, yeah, you're struggling a bit. Have a support knowing the Aussies are backing you and everyone's kind of riding this new wave of energy. And um, and I think it's really inspiring the younger kids, even just being around the HPC and in there, seeing a lot more kids coming in training, always asking questions. I think people are seeing what it takes to be at this level now and um, and all willing to do it. And I think it's it's really important that the older guys are kind of paving the way for the younger generation. Yeah, and have you had a ch- chat to Marta and the, the HBC about replacing all the foam in that foam pit with just fucking blue metal or gravel? Yeah, a bit of gravel, harden them up. <laughs> a bit of cement. It's such a good point that you make, though. Just what what that's like for Gromit's being able to train uh, in the vicinity of the top dogs like that. That that really breeds such a, a culture of excellence. And I think it's kind of Surfing Australia, uh, the HPC. It's taken a while to really hit its straps, but I think it's hitting its straps. And I, you know, it's a credit to yourself and Connor. Uh, you know, you, you put in so much time in the facilities along with uh, the Changers lads. But yeah, I can only imagine how much that's bleeding through to the to, to the next generation. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm really excited to see what happens in the next few years. Obviously, the the Challenger Series have got such strong crew there. Um, most of those guys could be on tour. So, I think in years to come, especially with the kind of camaraderie and the the way the culture is going, I think there's going to be a lot more Aussies on tour, and hopefully a lot more in challenge for that top five. And um, yeah, just trying to push the envelope of what's possible on tour and just really stacking up the, the tour full of full of Aussie crews, the goal. Well, thanks, Heath, for uh, joining us on the podcast, Cal. You know, we love you, mate. We're back in the mongrel. We're back in the grit. We're back in the foam pit full of gravel. And uh, I reckon this could be the big one. This could be the comp we've been waiting for for Australian surf. I mean, there's a chance we could finish with Jack Robo at number one. It's, mm. it's right there. Mm. And uh, we wish you all the best for that qualification, mate. Fuck, you've had a good year. I never thought we'd see another Morgs year, but you've just uh, given us all the belief that this can just keep on happening and the fucking battlers can get through. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Thanks, boys, for having me. Stoked. Fuck yeah, Robbo. Go on. Rip in, son. Rinse corner. Go, mate. Get, get on. Get in on. Cheers, lads. See you, mate. See you, mate. And now, Ain't That Swell presents a Jed Smith skits rev up for our Changers series and CT Battler Heroes. So here we fucking are, at the pointy end of the game, when the pressure builds and builds like a bad case of blue balls. 
when all that stands between you and championship tour glory is some cunt called David. When the fine china begins to rattle at the end of the road when the seconds count down in your heat in the round of 96. For Chang'e's battlers and CT heroes, the situation remains the same. Deal with the head noise, kick that yappin' snappin' black dog fair up the coit. Trust in your preparation, trust in the hard yards in the gym, the early mornings at the beach, and the agonizing work done outside the water, on the mat, in the physio. It was all for this. For the chance to stand up when the chips are down, for the chance to shower yourself your family, your community, and your country in glory. To succeed, first you must believe you can succeed. You must believe in the self. Believe that you are good enough. Believe that you do belong. Belong on tour, belong on the winner's dais, belong with the silverware in your hands, with the crowd chanting your name. A fucking champion of the world, a hero in your hometown, an inspiration for all the crew that looks up to you across all ages and walks of life. You've got a chance to lead by example. The world is watching. How do you want to be remembered? What trace do you want to leave behind? Think of all that have come before you. Think of fearless and peerless Phyllis O'Donnell, the ballsy chick battler from the big smoke, determined to succeed in a man's world, hurling dropping gronks from waves on her way to the first ever women's world title in 1964. Think of Bugs Bartholomew, the godfather, the wiry, freckled, self-made, street urchin upstart from Penrith by the sea. Think of Bueno Lano Beachley, the tough-as-a-boot battler queen who beat the odds and the adversity of illness and trauma to be the best six fucking times in a row. Think of the mad Albanian Jody Cooper who told a fuckwit Hawaiian to go fuck himself and wore a few cracks in the head for it, plus a handful of death threats. Think of Mick Fenning, the son of a single mother from Penrith who took home three titles with a bionic hamstring and that's just to name a few. Australian surfing is chock-a-block with skits grit merchants who've sucked it up, bit down on the cork, pushed through the pain, the adversity and showered this proud convict and curry nation in sporting glory. Now it's your turn to have a fucking crack, Chang'e's battlers and CT heroes. It's your time to etch your name in the folklore as a merchant of core, as a skit cunt who delivered tears of joy and chicken skin to their sunburnt kin, who dug deep and ripped in in the dark times and never forgot who they were in the better times. I'd say good luck to you all, but if you're relying on that, you're already fucked. So good grit, you fucking hemad men and women. Go on, fucking rip in. May as well have a crack while you're there. You only live once, cunts. Yee-hoo! Fucking mad, 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 mad. Number three. 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 Sports number three. Laurie Towner's hour-long opus... Slow Lane has hit the silver screen. And by that, I mean your 12-inch wide laptop screen. Uh, But fucking hell, man. Holy shit. It is just 
a wall-to-wall slab fest from one of the greatest talents of his generation. Don't think there's been a better, more casual tube rider in the last, what do you say? I don't know. He's in the echelon with your Andy Irons, your Joel Parkinson's, your Shane Dorian's. He's that fucking good. And, mate, I tell you, I don't even know if he pumped once in the whole mm. film. He's just knifing it and uh, all six foot two and 80 kegs of the man on a Dylan Longbottom's slab pig just, uh, just fucking casually finds that perfect tube stance, crouched low, fingertips dragging for a little bit of extra vige put on an absolute clinic of tube riding. And not just that, Vaughn. Didn't blow out a single joint. Uh, for all the, the groms out there looking to travel mm. Australia and surf all the iconic slabs we've got here and put a little video out, watch this one for a, a bit of an idea of how not to fucking kill the goose <laughs> that lays the golden egg for Yeah, yeah. Look, he did a fair continent drop, Smithy. I've got to, I've got to fucking yeah, drop, drop him in the shit for that. Yeah. It's a fair, obvious continent that he's mm. surfing. The thing that I loved about it, uh, first and foremost, Smithy, was that he, he had the coin to make such a top-quality product. I mean, this is a fucking... This reminded me of going to Scott's Head RSL when I was about nine years old. Uh, you know, me and Ronnie, uh, my little brother Willie, my little sister Rosie, who would have just been, you know, still had porridge vomit all the way down in front of her, her shirt at that stage, mm-hmm. probably two years old. Albie Mangles... Uh, in town with his reels down at the, the RSL. Everyone's just smoking big spliffos and, you know, breathing all over the kids. And you just sit down for this adventure that just transports you to this other place, this other time, this fucking, this world that you never thought you could actually get to. And, you know, as, as the world gets smaller, mate, and, and it's becoming harder and harder, as we're more desensitized to travel, you know, like the, the idea of that the, there's fucking waves of this magnitude and this quality that you can just pack your car and go surf is fucking pretty special man we're blessed i mean this is a this is a beautifully put together film it's the second or third fucking just underground hell man just getting a bit of coin to go and make a surf movie of himself getting fucking piped off his fucking melon Massive shout-out to Need Essentials Wetsuits, uh, Ryan Scanlon, for funding these adventures for Laurie and for Torrin Martin, who uh, actually pops up in this episode uh, or, or this film. And, uh, yeah, we had a good yarn with Torrin, but, yeah, they're back in the underground core, Lord Gritty. Pack the car up, pack the kids, pack the dog, pack all the dolls and whatever else you need to take to keep the whole crew happy. Mm. Just hitting the road. Yeah, well, I mean, Kirby Brown uh, is another guy just, you know, doing his own thing. Pack, like, fair enough, he's doing his own thing on another planet. But, uh, you know, the, all these guys, who's another one? Bo Cram uh, released a film not so long ago, and it just, fuck, mate, it just taps into the mana, taps into something spiritual and earthy and dirty and real about what it is to be an Australian surfer, and I'm fucking loving it, mate. Loving it. But the the nonchalance of this guy in the tube, like Laurie Towner, we've seen it all before. We've seen it at Chopes, packing things that you know, only a handful of guys even have the fucking fig jam to get in. And he's there, still looking as steezy and as fucking bored as batshit. Just like, it's like he's fucking playing Scrabble against it. An old man or an mm. old, you know, his grandma Some or early something. onset dementia patient. He's just schooling him. Yeah, but, I mean, it uh, just calls to mind, like, who are the most just carefree, like, just can't even get a rise out of these these sorts of waves in your mind? Who are the, the, the all-time great, nonchalant tube pigs 
that you've ever seen, Smitty. Mm, when it's big and coning, they step out of their car and just let rip a giant yawn. Those yeah. kind of guys, <laughs> yeah, you mean? Yeah, those dudes. Like, I, like my first name yep. comes to mind, it'd be Jughead. I, like, mm. What he did at Cape Fear that year that it was unmakeable, uh, that first year uh, when ours was just going so turbo skits that not a single person made a single wave. And he was out there cruising off, you know, ledges and doing airdrops and pulling in and hitting his head on the rocks and just... Still couldn't get a rise out of him. Mm. Yeah, Jughead's definitely in that list. Uh, Doff of the cap to the great Sean Briley, the uh, morbidly obese pipe lunatic, just sending it. Mm. Uh, fuck, man, he had a handful of the craziest pits ever at Pipeline during the 90s that still stand up today. Don't even know if they've been bedded. Uh, probably have to also doff the cap Vaughn to the Ulladulla Mafia, all the boys down there. Mm. Probably Paul Morgan is uh, top of the pile there, or at least, you know, a real originator uh, in that slab scene. Fucking mm. really lit the torch, lit the flame. And- yeah, Bjerke flying that flag still now, and uh, there, there's a heap of them down there on the South Coast. Mm. I mean, WA, fuck, there's just too many to even mention, really, isn't mm. there? Mm. Your uh, Dino Adrians, your uh, over that way, your Kirby Browns, your Courtney Browns, the underground core. Lords, just, your Chris Rosses, just fucking unflappable, mm. unflappable. And these waves are in slow lane. You know, they kind of make it look easy. But I've surfed a uh, half half of them in the in the clip, and fuck, man, like I've surfed them at half the size, and they're so intimidating. And these guys uh, just make it look so easy. Laurie, uh, Josiah Schmucker, fuck, man, just these kind of airdrops. Under the lip, mm. like under the lip airdrops and just getting a little squirt off the bottom and standing tall in the thickest green cathedral, Vaughan. You think copping a firebrand sermon from some Huntington lunatic is uh, going to light the fire in your corn? Wait till you stand one of these Oh, things. man, yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I do airdrops, mate, by the time I'm bottom turning, I am stiffer than a fucking piece of six before, mate. I am fucking rigid. And uh, I just don't know how... You can just be so comfortable in these conequential waves. It just blows my head off. So mm. big, big doff of the cab, not just to uh, Loza and his surfing, uh, but his family who had to just sit on the beach just getting fly blown while he was just getting absolutely piped out of his out of his melon. I mean, you do you do acknowledge a lot of the time the, the waves these guys are surfing, the fucking the places they're willing to go, but to pack your family, your young family, mm. into the car and leave them in forty degree heat. No aircon, no fan on, just flies into every single orifice and eyeball. Mate, doff of the cap to the fam as well. Big doff of the That's cap to the family. But, I, you know, I don't know. I've, I've, I've so many people who have done the uh, Round Australia mission, mate. Jeez, they have a fucking blast. It seems like the unit does get stronger on these things. Mm, mm. The unit. Yes, uh, you know, tough times brings the crew together. You, you know, really find out what you're made of when you're, you know, snapping a beanie turd in the dunes and there's just a thousand and one flies just eating your shit and then just going <laughs> straight up into your nose and your mouth. And uh, it's tough times, Vaughn, yeah. but it brings the family together. I'm sure it was, uh, sure there was some romantic moments along the way for the, the husband and wife. And uh, I'm sure the kids had a mad time just, uh, you know, getting dirty, getting gritty in the sand. Just, mm. what do they call them? A, a crumb schnitty. Yeah. Yeah. Very different from uh, from our trips up and down the coast with uh, Halfie and Missy on. You know, the long drives, mate, fucking barely, barely a town went past without some sort of fucking end of days domestic to just rip the fucking middle of your eardrum out. Oh, good times. Thank God they had the fucking hooch. <laughs> My gal is red hot. Your gal ain't doodle squat. Number two. 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 two.
The US Open is on at Huntington Beach and the Anzacs are storming the beach like Gallipoli Vaughan. It's, uh, it's been an absolute, just, you know, they're, they're mucking in together. Eight strong in the unit there, mm. sharing the house and just sharing the stoke. Yes, yeah, that's, this is the way it has to be. Get back to the good old days where you're all camping in one, one little fucking humpty and you're just sharing the dunny. You're eating each other's shit out of the fridge. You're dealing with it. You're not fucking too precious to just leave a fucking cork in the bowl. Just say, hey, Molly. Yeah, I need to go. It actually reminds me of the classic story, Smitty, where uh, we were doing the Surfing World House one year. Uh, just uh, location undisclosed, of mm. course, but uh, in a very, very uh, hard, raw little part of Australia. But we did invite, accidentally, about 30-odd people. Mm. And um, men and women, but uh, only one woman took up the invitation to come and share the Surfing World House mm. with, uh, what, I think we had about 16 blokes in it by that stage. We'd been in it for four days already. And I get the phone call from Sally Fitzgibbons. Ah, who else? Yeah, and she says, uh, Vaughn, I'm coming down. Did she mean coming down off a, a big weekend on the Googs? Oh, or? <laughs> yeah, probably not. But uh, she said, I'm come down. Is, is there a bedroom for me? And I said, Sal, our Sal, for you, of course there is, darling. So I hang up the phone and I look at the house and it looks like fucking, it, it looked like Burning Man had fucking been there for a week. I mm. mean, the boys had fucking made an oh. absolute shit fight out of the joint. Someone had made a, I think, Hoy or, or someone had written Hoy's name on the wall out of used Connie's. Yeah, you were there, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so it was we're a like. The other thing was it had been pouring rain for four days. So, like, we were all stuck in the house. You can imagine what it looked and smelled like. So, I just oh, went, vile. Team meeting. Sally Fitz is going to be here in an hour. Everyone clean this joint up. I remember up. this. I want it fucking That's spotless. That's right. You busted out the, you busted out the ice pipe, a yeah. little bit of meth. We all had a token. and we just went on the craziest cleaning bee Mate, you've ever seen. Mate, we had this sparkling. joint so sparkling. It just looked, it pretty much fucking looked like uh, Maxie McGuigan's corn after hours the other day. Anyway, Sally rocks up. She walks into the house. Everyone's got their uh, skivvies and their their smoking jackets on. They're drinking brandy and I remember slightly well. puffing on their pipes. And oh, hello, Sally! Welcome to the house. You know, everything was just looking so mint. And she goes, "Is there a bathroom here?" And um, we go, "Yeah, bathroom's just through there." She walks in, door closes. Three seconds later, door reopens. She walks up to me. She goes, "Hey, um, there's a poo floating in the toilet." <laughs> And I looked over at Dom Wills and I went, you fucking dog. (laughs) (laughs) He just walked out of the house with his tail between his legs. Got straight in his car, drove straight back to the sunny coast, shrouded in shame. But that's where, that's where victory is born, Smivy, in that sort of camaraderie Mm. and that sort of just openness to be yourself amongst your peers. And uh, it's working wonders over there in the USA. And just quickly for one, uh, Ed Templeton, the skater, he's called it culture on steroids, the US Open. I thought it was a fitting a fitting metaphor, Vaughan. You know, the French have their foie gras, their, their fine wines, their theatre, uh, the Italians, the, the stunning architecture, the you know, Michelangelo, the Vatican, mm. uh, the English have pudding. They've got the Beatles uh, and, uh, you know, just a kind of a class system. And uh, America has the US Open, Vaughan. Uh, mm. Steroids is a good description because... 
there will be definitely plenty of condoms full of walnuts walking around the contest site carrying a couple of invisible watermelons under each arm, yep. jabbing themselves and swigging from a bottle of Xanax. That's culture, Vaughn. It is. That is culture, my friend. Uh, there will be monsters swilling mad men and women. And if we're lucky... Potentially a riot because, I mean, nothing screams culture like police getting beaten to death with uh, spare bollards and, you know, mm. just police beating people to death with batons and, you know, just a, a burning car carcasses and looting. I mean, that is culture. That is American culture 101, Vaughn. I mean, mm. where would the country be without its endless rioting and uh, machine gunning and killing of civil rights leaders? It would be unrecognisable. That's what you do there. That's freedom, Vaughn. Yeah, that is freedom. Everyone has the freedom to own arms, the freedom to fucking shut down women's choices with their bodies, mm-hmm. and the freedom to bash people if you've got a fucking badge. Mm. That's right, Vaughn. Uh, a culture of freedom, a culture on steroids. Freedom on steroids, that's what it looks like, Vaughn. We, we were actually meant to be there right now. I'm sort of glad we're not now that we're just ripping the boot into the joint. But mm. <laughs> we will be coming next year to all those Swillians who want to fucking stick it to the man, Smitty. Mm. Want to risk certain destruction at the hands of the baton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a guy on the ground there, ain't that Swell's very own, Liam O'Brien, a former runner-up at the US Open. Uh, let's hear what his on-the-ground take of the scene is, Vaughn. Here's Liam O'Brien's scene report. America, America. Yeah, Vaughn, I'm good, thank you. Great to hear from you, mate. How's life in the... Uh... In the US? It's going pretty good, thanks. Um, we're just hanging out about 30 minutes from Huntington in Fountain Valley in our house. We've got about eight people packed in here. A few of us are still alive in the comp, which is good. This wave's about 30-foot Huntington at the moment, which is pretty bizarre. But, yeah, it's, it's good fun. Oh, man, I remember those old uh, Sarge's scrapbooks movies with huge Huntington. And, fuck, you get this mad big floater section out the back and... Oh, a couple of other little turns, and then you just still bounce all the way through to the shorey. It's fucking, it's such a dodgy wave set up there. Yeah, it's classic. I've um, I've only ever surfed it small, and it's, I mean, it's obviously not the best wave ever, but it's kind of good fun, little novelty, funky wave when it's small. But at the moment, it's just like this roaring Kira sweep, and then like a big closeout. <laughs> so it's pretty tricky. But um, yeah, still just trying to figure it out. Good fun, trying to get wrapped around the pilings. Yeah, mate. Hey, um, we've noticed like in the the footage seeping out of there, the the Changers fucking brethren, the like the collective of the Aussies, are uh, all getting together. And uh, I think it was you know Chris and yourselves, the wombats, there for a bit. But it seems to just be expanding, mate. We got the Kiwis in there now. Like, who else have you got climbing under the blanket of the Aussie flag? <laughs> yeah, it's sick. Be an international team. So, nah. um, yeah, we got the Anzac crew. We got um, Kiwi Butler staying with us. As well as, I think we've got our houses, Kiu, me, Dylan Moffat, Jacob Wilcox, Morgan Sibley, Kalani Ball, and Mikey Madonna. So we've got a fair, fair old crew. And then, yeah, we've just been kind of trying to watch everyone that we can without throwing ourselves down the beach all day. Mm. But yeah, it's been good. It's cool to kind of have a few, few of your mates behind you, as always, and keep that sort of keep that mojo going. And what about the extracurricular activities? Uh, I saw Ed Templeton, the iconic skateboarder, he called the US Open culture on steroids. You been jabbing up or what, Lob? Culture on steroids, yeah. I can. Uh, I guess I could attest to that. It's pretty crazy. There's people of all walks of life down there, up on the pier. There's um, religious fanatics preaching to the sort of the nonchalant passers-by, which is pretty funny. And then... 
yeah, there's like people down there that are just fanning out on the surfing. People that have no idea what surfing is. I've been talking to a few of the security guards that are working on the on the job site, or on the event site, I should say, and um, they're kind of like, like we've we've never even seen surfing before. We don't know what the hell this is, but it's pretty cool. And then yeah, there's like a skateboard park on the on the beach. There's <laughs> heaps of shit going on. So good. I love uh, I love uh, the image of running out for a heat and just copping a, a sermon of fire and brimstone from some evangelical nutcase swigging from a Xanax <laughs> bottle. <laughs> God, God bless the land of stars oh, and bars. Make it! Uh, it is the oddest joint. That contest brings it out. Like, I mean, there's no surf contest in the world like it. I got, I got a vagrancy ticket there for falling asleep outside a pub <laughs> one night. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Oh, they love their tickets. Mate, um, tell us a little bit about how your year's going. Uh, when we last spoke to you, uh, it, was, it was, what, back at uh, Miami, just when the, the very first Changers of the Year was cracking in. Uh, you felt like you were sort of getting back to 100%, had an early exit in that one. But um, how, how's it panning out, mate? And, uh, and sort of what are you looking to get cracking here at, at the USA? What's a good result look like for you? Yeah, the year's been an interesting one. Of course, a pretty average start, breaking my leg and then, I did all the rehab and the training and I felt pretty good for snapper and manly and then just sort of had back-to-back shockers and then actually went and did a QS in Indo and lost first round again there. So I was just like, oh, God, I might be uh, throwing uh, throwing in the towel here. But I made a few heats of Bolito, which was good, a little bit of a confidence booster. And then, um, yeah, obviously back in America and despite all its zaniness and craziness, I actually really like it here. The, the people are always, like, really really happy and welcoming and it's um it's a cool little joint so hopefully i can <laughs> try and make a few more heats than i have been and um yeah try and get moving on the year because it's it's uh, slipping away pretty quick especially with the the france comp getting canned now yeah what are your thoughts on that lob um it's a shame i mean of course it's a shame like france is such a such an awesome location and it's pretty iconic as well it's been a staple of the ct forever and then as Challenger Surfers, we were elated to have it <laughs> admitted to our tour. Um, as you guys know, it can be a pretty world-class wave on its day. So, yeah, it's a shame not to be going back there. But um, obviously the, the WCL has its reasons. You know, I think it's whatever it was. I've, I've no idea. But, um, you know, they're probably trying their best to run it. Um, but, yeah, in terms of qualifying, having not done much in the way of results, it's a little bit unnerving because I'm kind of like, oh, Crap! I haven't got as I haven't got as much time to to get it done now, and um, yeah, one of the locations on the list in Brazil I've never even been to. So yeah, it's a little bit a little bit disconcerting, but I mean at the same time everyone's in the same boat, and you just gotta you just gotta work with what you got. Mate, with the Changers, like we haven't really seen a, a full Changers year sort of play out yet. Like, what, what's your vibe uh, in terms of how it's going? Do you think it's too long? Do you think it's uh, too much? Were you a fan of just the four events? Uh, because obviously, you know, you, you guys are actually spending the most coin trying to qualify more, more than anyone else. I mean, I know that everyone gets the opportunity to get in that top 10 with their own regional series. Yeah. But once you're on there, like, you've really got to fucking make it work, man. Is, is, it, a, is it a shocker that this comp's now missing and that, that you've been sort of forced into this pressure situation? Uh, or do you like the idea of just surfing a few less events and, and sort of having all that pressure right there from the word go? Uh, look, personally, I, I just try not to read into all the, the politics too much and, and just kind of just see the situation for what it is and just deal with it the best I can. Um, 
I mean, that, that's, I guess, sport, especially surfing, it's an ever-changing landscape. You don't know what you're going to get. So you kind of you kind of get can't, can't get too bogged down in, in what's going on in terms of administration and all that sort of stuff. Um, but personally, I did like, I didn't mind that condensed format last year uh, purely for the fact that all of the events were pretty close together. So if you did have a shocker in one, you could go and rectify your mistakes pretty quickly because the next event wasn't far away. And the same went for if you went really well, you could kind of carry that momentum on. Do you believe, mate, yeah, do do you believe that, like, each region needs to have a Changers event just to be fair to the service that region? Because it just doesn't seem like, I mean, that seems fucking kind of like the hometown advantage isn't really a thing in surfing, like to my, but Hawaii being maybe the uh, the obvious um, sort of counterpoint to that. But it just seems like, you know, based on what we saw last year in the Aussie run through Europe, like fuck, you almost don't need every single region to have its own cha- Challenger Series event. Yeah, I mean, of course, in, in terms of equity, you want to try and have, a, have an event um, as close to everyone's hometown as possible, but you know, it's, I don't envy the WSL in, in trying to create that schedule because it's not easy. You know, you're not going to please everyone. But um, like you said, I think if it's at quality venues and there's a bit of a diversity of waves on the schedule, then it's I think it's pretty fair as long as everyone can kind of get there um, financially and and fe- it's just feasible for everyone. Then I think yeah, as long as there's some good locations and a variety of locations that are going to tease out the best guys and the most deserving guys to go into the tour and girls, sorry. Um, then I, I have no issue with it, but, but um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the format. It's obviously losing France sucks, but still some good locations um, and a good mixture of waves as well. You're a former runner-up at the U.S. Open. What's the secret to doing well there? <laughs> I actually don't know because I always, well, before I first came here, I just thought this wave is just not going to suit me whatsoever. Predominantly look mushy, and it just looks like the polar opposite of the Gold Coast. So I, I don't even know how I've done any good here at all in the past. But um, I think because I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone, I just have to strip it back and like just look at the easiest way possible to win the heat. I'm not kind of thinking like oh, I've got all these options to get through heats here. I'm just kind of thinking, all right, I need the biggest left that comes through, and just got to do two backhand snaps out the back, and then bounce in and do a little wiggle on the shore if I can. And uh, I know you don't want to weigh into the, the politics of the surfing administration, but what about the politics of the share house? Eight people in a single joint? <laughs> What's going on there? I mean, uh, who's the who's the most torturous flatmate? Like who's who's you know just skid marking up the bowl and you know just leaving the 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 Fruit Loops just you're rotting in the sink? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that the the, uh, the flat politics are pretty hilarious. Plenty of shit talk, but um. No, everyone's pretty good. Kehu, he Kehu made some cream cheese bagels, and they've ate them and decided to just put them in the fridge for the first three days, which is pretty weird. <laughs> but um, no, everyone's pretty good. Everyone's pulling their weight, so yeah, not too many issues here so far. What about a bit of the old in out in out? Is I mean, has anyone been uh, picking up, uh, male, female, or otherwise? <laughs> not in this household so far. Um, no, I think everyone's got girlfriends in this house, so. It's, yeah, it's pretty boring. Oh, I can't believe Jacko isn't leaving a couple of sly corks just floating in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Jacko's not here. Oh, well, that's why. That's why the bowl's clean, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, mate, look, just uh, before we let you go, uh, thanks so much for joining us. But, but um, 
What what is the tail end of your year? You know, I'm, are you the kind of surfer who is looking at this sort of, you know, next little run of events and going, right, fucking I'm ready for this, like pressure makes diamonds, that sort of thing? Or uh, do you feel like you've got a bit of a mountain to climb? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the whole purpose of competitive sport is to feel a bit of pressure. So, if, you know, ultimately if you didn't, if it wasn't pressure inducing, it wouldn't really be that rewarding when you kind of had success. So I try and look at it that way as best I can. That's my, my, what I, my pep talk to myself when I feel nervous. But, um, I honestly don't know. Uh, it's always just a big challenge when you get pushed right to the limit and you have to, you know, qualify in a heat or you've got, you know, a set amount of heats to make to, to get there at the end of the year. So you, I guess you just sort of, you just feel it out at that time and, and, um, and worry about it when you get there. Um, but I, you know, ultimately it's, it's not rocket science. It's just, you got to get two good waves and surf a little bit better than the other guys in that heat in that block of time. So the more you can strip it back, the better, I think. Mate, somewhere in the world, Damien Hardman just got a little stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he cared about, mate. Doing the maths, surfing slightly better than the other guy and winning world titles. That's how fucking easy it is. <laughs> Sounds easy, but I still butcher it more, more times than not somehow. <laughs> Well, mate, uh, look, to uh, rev you guys up, we've got a special treat. Um, we won't be playing it right now, but uh, Smithy's going to record a little uh, In the Sheds, Denker Rub, Eyeball Sting and Pep Talk for uh, all the Changers boys and the CT boys and girls going into the uh, tail end of the season. So get ready for that. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'll get it blaring in the uh, share house here. Mate, this, the key is just to get Denker Rub everywhere. Get it on your, your forehead, your eyeballs, get it in your gooch, your corn, on your sack. Just fire up! <laughs> uh, cheers, boys. Good chatting to you. Oh, lobby. Best of luck, mate. Best of luck over there. Stay away from those vagrancy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. America, America. Well, as uh, alluded to, Vaughn, at number one, in the finger buns, the French Changers event getting brushed. Uh, I mean, I thought it was all going gangbusters for the Wazzle. Mm. Uh, ELO spruiking the ratings bonanza one day. Neck a minute. Two is crumbling like Berlin Wall circa 89. Mm. Mm. What's going on? I haven't looked into this enough, but uh, it seemed to me like the Chang... Wasn't the Changers up 96%, Smithy? I think it was 96%. Something like that. Something astronomical. with those sorts of numbers, you could get some fucking multinational to back it. Surely. Uh, Isn't numbers what the world thrives on? Isn't like Instagram figures and likes and fucking reposts and all this sort of shit. Isn't this the currency of the times? That's what I thought. I was, what I was led to believe by the Zuck and the Musk and the Bezos. Uh, mm. The KPIs were being hit. You would think that would justify even a marginal spend on a bunch of battling QE grinders living eight in a share house uh, in France. You'd think it would be enough to get it over the line. I mean, it's just a surfing contest. How much infrastructure, how many baguettes, how many, uh, you know, piccolos do you need to really run an event? Just fucking get the flags out. Uh, you know, your you red, your green, your mm. you yellow. Uh, you know, get a get a hooter. Get Renato uh, down there on the beach with a can't loud hailer. Just run the fucking thing. Mm. Fuck. I can't believe it. France. You robbed Lobby. You got no respect. Mm. You got no respect, Renato. You got no respect, Elo. No respect for the Changers grinders. Hey? Hey. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of singing and dancing about the Changer series, but what's going on here? It's fallen to pieces. It's been creased by God knows who, 
but God knows what. But I, for one, Smitty, I don't like it, mate. Something is whiffy up mm. in here. I don't know if I even particularly like the idea of the surfing world existing without some sort of major contest in France. You've got to doff the cap to the French beachy. We need some uh, pin-snapping floaters on dry sand. Mm. We need the obligatory dick sandbar blowout in the yep. eve of the final. Giraffes we, at the uh, Café de Paris. The shit the bed drunk you get off uh, giraffe on. There's just a, only a, a certain kind of drunk that you can get off the giraffe on. And I think it's a, a rite of passage mm. for the Australian surfing elite, the global surfing elite, to experience that kind of drunkenness. Rod Kerbox, I mean, wh- what do you think Kerbox is saying right now? I reckon he's absolutely spinning in his grave. Uh, uh, I think, is he? No, no, he's he, with us. He's oh, with, with us. It. He's definitely with On us. On your box. He'd definitely be spinning, that's for sure. So, yeah, and what sort of pressure, as, as uh, you know, we just heard Lobby saying, you know, he's the kind of guy who just looks at this and he's fucking full credit to him. I love that answer, Smithy, where he was just going, you know, it is what it is. You, you, you're given these parameters. If they change, you know, you can whinge about it. You can start making excuses or you can use it to fuel, you know, uh, a little bit of drive in, in the back half of the season. It definitely changes the game a little bit. I mean, Rio Wada, he would just be going, you beauty, keep cancelling events. I've got two wins under me belt. See you on the CT next year. Uh, but for people like Lobby, who's sitting, what, down at 29th or something on the Changers ratings, this really turns the screws, mate. So... It's going to be interesting, Smith, to see how, uh, you know, the, the, the crew react over there. Um, but I am a fan of the shorter Challenger Series circuit. I, I think eight comps is too many. I don't think you really need to have them in every country in the world. I mean, fair enough. Not everyone has sponsors and all that sort of stuff. But if you're going to have one in every single region, mate, that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of coin. Mm, They're mm. asking a lot, the Wattle. Yeah. From some dudes who still are... You know, getting, well, I mean, look at Callum, uh, getting, you know, fucking crowdfunding to get him on to all these events in the first place. Evans had bolo chook raffles. Yeah, I, it's a good point. I mean, you can only string a dollar so far, can't you, Vaughn? But that said, I mean, France, Vaughn, the memories. I know. The memories, uh, you know, just so many summery comps held in two-foot slopper, you know, girlac nude on the beach. Mm. Um, yeah. The lack in our landings, a la Mickey Wood. Mm. Oh, it's not going to be the same, Smith. It's not going to be the same. But uh, keep an eye on that Changes series, mate. Oh, we don't want to see any more drop-off. Not this year. Finger Buns is brought to you by our swelling partners, Board Socks. The toughest canvas surfboard socks on the market. Made to stand the test of time, they are water and wax resistant. Unlike the polyester socks that rip easily and end up as landfill or get waterlogged and stink up the car. Use the Swellian code SWELLIAN15 for 15% off. That's board socks, 15% off all products with the code SWELLIAN15. Tulsi Watch. Tulsi Watch, Vaughn. It's been too long since we've checked in with the Swellian Queen. And uh, let's, let's hear... A little bit of what she's had to say. She's had a an old-fashioned spray. She's given another spray to old man Biden and that woke joker Kamala Harris. Let's hear mm. what she had to say, this willing queen. So the Biden administration just announced that they are taking steps to try to pressure Russia into freeing Brittany Griner, who's being detained in Russia right now for possession of cannabis. So here's the question. Is the Biden-Harris administration going to use their power to release the countless of Americans who are currently being held in our own prisons for cannabis possession? Of course not. 
This is just the latest glaring example of their hypocrisy. Oh, oh. Cone Warrior Smithy. Oh, man. Backing it up for the fucking bong scum out there. Go, Tulls. You can only assume she's uh, stoned as a fish on Maui Wowie. Just had a, had a full bowl to herself and she's just going, you know what? You know what? I'm going to fucking gutful these reptiles, virtue signaling their uh, carefree attitude towards the cannabis plant. Mm. Meanwhile, they're locking up the black fellas and the white fellas here for a fucking thumbnail full of hooch. What's the go? Hey? Hey. Hey. I mean, uh, Kamala Harris, what a scumbag she's. Uh, she's famously put away countless black people in the country for uh, smoking tiny bits of pot or being caught with tiny bits of pot on them. Then, as Tulsi pointed out, when asked whether she'd ever toked, she laughed and said, I'm half Jamaican. What do you reckon? Oh. The fuck's going on over there, Vaughn? Nah, well, I'm going to get fucked. Don't watch. This Vaughn out of lost tapes. They've uh, continued to air to a captive audience of about seven, according mm. to ELO's stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Brazilian madness, surfing chopes in jeans. And uh, the final episode, I believe, takes place in the Goat's Ayahuasca Lair with never-before-seen footage of the 11-time world champion doing the infamous double-ended simultaneous rainbow purge. Mm. But uh, it's been a great series. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed it for sure. I kind of wish The Lost Tapes was filmed sort of early to mid-90s, though, mm. where, you know, before the age of... of uh, Fucking social media and cameras everywhere. It just would have been so good to get in on that nitty-gritty stuff when he was an up-and-coming global celebrity trying to deal with being the, the, the big phenomenon and, uh, you know, best friends with Pammy Anderson and Cameron mm. Diaz and David Hasselhoff and David LaChapelle. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. I enjoy it. I like, like anything to do with uh, the goat. I'm pretty captivated, but... Jeez, the lost tapes from 1996, 97, 98. They'd be good years. Oh. Good years to get in on. Baguettes, breadsticks, and hep C getting flung around like nobody's business in those years, Vaughn. Oh, just the, the the constant staring in the mirror going, is it, isn't it, is it, isn't it, is it still there, or is it fucking what is all this hair in me hands? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that, mate. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, anything to do with the goat. Fear the day that we're not going to have him with us uh, in terms of, you know, just that constant sort of barrage on um, on uh, Instagram and all that. But I guess uh, I guess we've almost sort of tasted what it's like to not have him on tour. And, and he doesn't really go quiet. If anything, he gets louder. Mm. Yeah, he's so in the commentary man. booth, uh, you know, waxing poetic about various topics. Uh, moving on, though, mm. Goat Watch. The Goat has put up his North Shore pad for rent, Vaughn. Mm. Uh, Kelly Slater, this is why Beach Grit, the world's most decorated surfer, has officially listed his Oahu Manor for rent. Perched on the surf-rich North Shore, just a stone's throw from Laniakea, a short drive from Haleiwa, the five-bedroom, six-bath. Six baths? Six baths. Beachfront estate wow. spanning 6,700 square feet also features a swimming pool, air conditioning, hardwood flooring, decks, a patio, and a garage for which to park an SUV or pickup truck on large tires. The uh, rent is USD $46,000 a month. Uh, and uh, Derek Riley said this, imagine resting your head each night where greatness occasionally does now Vaughn uh, I actually made a few inquiries about this mm. local real estates there and yeah I mean look 
it didn't actually say in the fine print. I couldn't get it out of the real estate agent uh, whether there was an underground ayahuasca lair uh, on uh. the premises and whether it came complete with fresh uh, read fresh Vaughn unsoiled mm. silkware and mm-hmm. a bejeweled purging spew bucket. But you can assume it'd have to be there. Have I mean? to. Have to. Um, well, no, the, 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 the shroud of John John is on the wall in a glass frame and everyone is free to go in there and um, light a little candle, say a little hymn, uh, kneel at the altar of John John, the sacred yep. parchment. So I, I know that that's there. So the odds of the, the uh, underground lair being there complete with bejeweled buckets, surely. You have to think oh, so. And in-house shaman. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, uh, Goldsmith, I think his name is. But uh, the real estate did say that the landlord, being Kelly, has photographed the house to ensure it isn't left more damaged than it already is. Uh, among <laughs> the damage listed is a, a stubborn purple skid mark due to the overconsumption of perps, mm. Kelly's infamous energy drink. Of course. Uh, there's some black mold in the walk-in wardrobe from a soggy pair of outer-known jeans that were left in a crumpled heap. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's good to know the goat does the same. Uh, lazy movers, all of us. It's always a risk. Take, corn, off, the, take off the boardies, chuck them in the corner, yeah. forget about them for six months, next thing. Black mold outbreak. Well, especially when you're surfing in jeans. I mean, you can forget that you, you, know, you can just forget that you surfed in jeans. <laughs> it's a fucking it's weird thing to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's also the faint outline on the wall of the words "kill the pig" next to what looks like a poorly drawn image of John John, scrawled mm. presumably by Kelly in the midst of some plant fueled psychosis. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's just also a note telling tenants to help themselves to his 2022 quiver of Slater Design surfboards because uh, they're fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it'd be so funny, wouldn't it? Imagine if Kelly was your landlord. Mm. You know, like what sort of what sort of letters would you be getting, uh, you know, like uh, say after the first inspection? Yeah. I mean, you. What sort of letters uh, would you be well, getting? Oh, I mean, uh, Smitty, like, mate. Easy on the hot ones inside, yeah. starting to stay in the ceiling. Has Doinker been upstairs on the white, you know, the shag pole rug? Mm, Looks like there's a, yeah, there's a couple of like little corn drags up there. <laughs> mm. Well, uh, so far there's been a couple of applications oh, at yeah. Reveal. Um 47 Israelis have crowdfunded the cash for the rental with uh, plans to sublet it to a further 470 Israelis. Oh, wow. Um Classic, classic stuff, really. Yeah. And uh, I heard a group of surfers from Wulgooga, Wulgooga, oh, Wulgooga. Fact, have uh, stumped up the cash. Not exactly sure how, but uh, I understand they, they took it straight to the agent's place in a suitcase that reeked, absolutely reeked, of Alfie's car when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. And uh, not That's sure how the Wulgoogans came up with the cold, hard cash, but I have heard they were taking a real interest in whether they could put some fans in the roof, uh, you know, what the electricity <laughs> capabilities of the place were, where the nearest hydroponics mm. store was, and whether the neighbours were nosy. Or uh, well, is not is John John the neighbour? Is this the same the same pad that uh, John John lives next to? Because, yeah, I, I, I mean, so, surely yeah. he'd be cool if you just dragged a, a hose, like high-powered hose, over the fence and then into the uh, window of the laundry where, you know, you've got your tubs and um, your, your whole hydro setup's sort of yeah. kicking in. Well, that's right. I mean, he's not using it. No. Nah. Not, not for any good purposes, probably you know, the old cold water shower, but, you know, fuck, mm. mate, it's water. Mm. It's, it's guy and, uh, you know, cloud juice mm. can be put to well, better right. ends than that, Vaughn, well, growing the skunk, surely. the hydroponic skunk. We can, uh, we'll, we'll write a, a little reference for the uh, the Wool Google boys, won't we? Yeah, oh, absolutely, Vaughn. I mean, uh, it's just all pretty, pretty well, mate, typical. Mate, they've never missed rent. 
Nah. But none of them have jobs, but they've never missed rent. Yeah, it's remarkable. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, they, they've been on uh, two of every set waves since the, the summer of 92. They're mm. fucking absolutely vociferous tube pigs. So uh, they'll, they'll make themselves right at home there on the seven-mile miracle, the bearded, flannelette-wearing bong scum from Woolgoolga. Well played. Well played. Googs. And uh, still on Go Watch, a, a talkie cougar has revealed a horrible missent text following a bit of the old in-out, in-out with the goat, Vaughn. Oh. Again, via Beach Street. Um, oh, via Beach Grid, of mm, course. So uh, here's, Where the, else? here's the rundown. Mm. I think actually via Beach Grid, via the boys, uh, the Inspired Unemployed podcast. What? Uh, here's what the lady had to say. we become super good friends. We were pen pals emailing daily. He was on my... He was on and off with Pamela Anderson. I was helping him through that. And a few of my closest friends, guys and girls, said, you've got to seal the deal. My best friend said, you're going to become old and regret you didn't do it. I promised her I'd text her as soon as it happened. Uh, but oh. we're talking about you know just getting fucking <laughs> by the old. Mm. Uh, so anyway, Slater's in Sydney. Mystery gal in Melbourne. She flies up. This is what she had to say. Middle of the day, Saturday, we obviously did the do. We were both in the shower and all I could think of was, shit, I have to call my best friend. I literally got out of the shower, wasn't even dressed, and messaged these exact words. Did it, had sex, going to leave now. The message went to Slater, she says, and not her friend. Uh, Ouch. He was in the shower. I was sitting on the front of the bed. He asked me what was wrong. I said, can you please give me your phone? Give it to me. Friendship, (laughs) she says, fizzled after the texts were revealed, although... She says, I think he felt he had to prove himself after that. Mm. All I can say is he's very competitive. Wow. I mean, it it calls to mind maybe the worst ever text message I've ever heard being sent. Yeah, a friend of mine was uh, involved in this steamy, steamy, steamy sex video conversation mm. with his uh, girlfriend who was overseas. Uh, so they were basically filming each other bits you know, hard, mm. wet, mm. Uh, getting vigorously stroked mm. uh, or or pushed or whatever, you know, prodded. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's going back and forth. Uh, there's a bit of dirty talk involved. You can you can imagine the stuff like, oh, I'm going to get that sort of stuff. And, oh, did you, and this sort of thing. And uh, anyway, uh, it gets sort of getting towards climax time. And, uh, you know, he sends this video, the worst one, the filthiest mouth, the, the, the you know, Shot from below with the, oh, the, the Brussels sprouts and the eggplant. Triple mayo. Yeah, and uh, anyway, uh, he sends it off and he goes, oh, yes, this is going to be the one. And um, anyway, just time goes by and there's no response. And he's like, oh, fuck, have I, have I gone too far? Have I said something just inappropriate or what? And he, uh, so he, he jumps into his messages and he goes, well, where's the reply? And lo and behold, mate, he sent it to his mum's boyfriend. Wow. I know. Wow. So his initial response, as you can imagine, was... <gasps> then he, uh, yeah, he had to uh, gather himself, make the phone call. And um, I think it went something like this. He was like, oh, g'day, mate. It was like, oh, yeah, g'day, mate. How you going? He goes, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You know, um, just, yeah, getting a few here and there. Anyway, look, um, I just <laughs> sent you a text. And he goes, mate, look, I had a feeling it wasn't for me. So I peeled out early. <laughs> and uh, like to his credit, never spoke a word of it. Mm. Never mentioned again until right now on this podcast that is going around the world. So uh, I don't know if it gets worse than that. And uh, finally, Vaughn in Goat Watch. Uh, look, the the Goat Secret Shaman 
finally, he's been revealed. revealed. And uh, no, it is not the world champion in uh, all Australian budgie smuggler, Trevor Hendy, uh, as Kelly alluded to in the Margaret River mm. show. Remember that? I asked him, you know, who, who's your guru? Who's the guy you kind of uh, take your... Your, your lessons and advice from, uh, I thought he was going to say Gandhi or, or Ram Dass or something. Yeah. No, it was the uh, All-Australian Ironman, Trevor Hendy. Mm. Can only imagine what kind of pearls, and wisdom, what sage advice the great Coolangatta gold specialist would have to say. Mm. Can you imagine, Trevor? Um, eat your Nutrigrain or not 100% sure, but I, he's, he appears in the Lost Tapes, you know, episode one or two there. And um, yeah, you can see that those two have a, have a special bond. Mm. You can see the the big brother uh, mentor relationship in full swing there when they're looking at the little fishies under Kingscliff Bridge or somewhere like that. Mm, well, it turns out Slater's other great mentor, his other great guru, is a guy by the name of Charlie Goldsmith, um, who was 18 when he, quote, uh, first felt a strange sensation between his hands, mm. uh, which, you know, could mean <laughs> 18, anything. that's late. Yeah, it is a bit late. Uh, yeah. He says he soon discovered this energy could heal people. Jesus. Well, you, you rub a bit of it on, mm. rub a bit of it on the affected area. You feel a strange sensation between your hands. And then, uh, it's healing you go, for, for... Close your eyes, It's healing still. in the moment. Mm. Well, he goes on. Yeah, go on. Worried about exposing himself to a world of doubters. He wanted to keep his gift secret until science supported his claims. Ah, oh, okay. So he's, he's talking about something else here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he wanted to keep his gift, secret, strange sensation between his hands, exposing himself mm. to a world of doubters. Mm. Reeks of uh, some kind of enlarged prostate, but I don't think that's what he means. I nah. think it's uh, something else, something a bit more esoteric. Let's uh, explore this yeah. momentarily. So, yes, uh, anyway, Slater said, uh, saw in the Outer Known series, uh, The Lost Tapes, uh, Slater said, I've had a lot of days and time on the road where I'm not enjoying you know, and it's not pro surfing. It's my own life, my own personal issues, family stuff, relationships. Sometimes you go surfing and forget about, and you don't think about it. Surfing becomes that drug that covers it up for a while. Goldsmith then tells Slater, the truth is you've had so much success that if you didn't have one more bit of success, you'd have more than anyone else. Uh, and Slater said, he gets me not thinking. I'm a heady person. Even up to the minute I paddle out, I've had him on the phone. Mm. Wow. Hmm. This man of mystery who first felt the strange sensation between his hands as an 18-year-old has finally shared his gift, mm. his mana, his chi, if you will, with the world. Uh, he's not fearful of being exposed or exposing himself for this great and significant gift. Mm. And he's passed it on to the goat who himself is quite gifted. Court proceedings underway into the scammer accountant who ripped off the big O, two-time Tyler Wright, and the mullet-headed nerd man, Mikey Wright, for nearly $2 million, Vaughn. Unbelievable. Uh, from 2012 until 2020, uh, Cherie Hatton, I believe her name is, stole 818 grand from Owen, transferring his cash to herself in 334 transactions, ranging from $27 to $4,668. <sighs> 
Interesting. So she was like, you know, at the tie joint getting a Luxa, and she's like, mm, do I use my ATM card or Owen's oh ATM God, card? I think I'm just going to slap Owen's. That is mad. Ping. Uh, Tyler was hit for five hundred eighty-six thousand dollars in two hundred ninety-five transactions, ranging from twenty-one dollars to forty-four thousand six hundred dollars. And Mikey mm. copped one hundred and fifty-one grand in sixty-three transactions. Mum, Dad, Rob, and Fiona lost eighty grand. And uh, yeah, look, I mean. Hatton told the sentencing judge the addiction had taken over. This is all via Beach Grit. I didn't feel like I could stop the addiction being punting. She was on the punt. So, uh, fuck, she just wasn't doing the Wim Hofs and the, the meditations. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, if you feel like a gambler has his sticky neon claws all over you, then fucking 20 minutes of Wim Hof and an hour of meditation. Get your fucking head straight. Mm. Get a grip on reality. And, uh, you know, get your, your thoughts away from rinsing the nearest Olympic bronze medalist, Vaughn. But, oh, what a distressing story. There's yeah. no doubt this would have put so much pressure on the family. Uh, like, there would have just been so... Oh, God. That that wounds, man. That wounds deep. Interesting to look at the timeline of this, too. This was right around when Owen had his brain injury and also around when Tyler Wright was struck down with that mystery illness. And, you know, like... Oh. Like, I almost think that, like, distrust produces cortisol, the stress hormone. Uh, it makes you incredibly fucking sick if you can't trust people it makes you very very ill and uh it's just stress and uh it's poisoning your central nervous system so probably no surprise to see tyler go down so hard during this period when they didn't know what was going on Uh, i mean i want to have this to say uh he was emotionally worn down couldn't sleep was perpetually pissed off and anxious uh, he accused his parents of ripping him off, and that's had lasting ramifications. My relationships are still damaged because of the anger issues I had around this. Um, and he said uh, because of the theft, he couldn't get out of pro surfing despite the catastrophic 2015 brain injury. So he actually wanted to retire oh, from surfing. Damn. But uh, he said, oh, oh, this is what he read out to court, I, I wanted to retire, but I, I couldn't financially uh, due to the impact of the offending and fought back into my career, risking my life in the process. I was still being stolen from while I could barely walk. And while the doctors were saying I would never uh, work again in my career, the physical risk I've taken on to keep surfing was a choice I made because I was not financially in the position to stop my career. Wild. Oh God, that's so heavy, mate. I mean, has she no respect, Vaughn? She's looking at uh, three years minimum this uh, Sheree Hatton and you know you hate to think of what's going to happen to her in prison I mean now uh, you don't just rip off a, a brain injury surviving bronze medalist and get away with it in this country uh you know you, what do you reckon you reckon she's going to get the uh the old sharpened toothbrush to the neck in the yard or maybe old barb, barbed wire up the pole up the corn treatment which the prison yard favorites yeah I don't know I just thought the whole thing is a, is a real ugly scene and um I feel so much for the rights I mean it's just fucking one thing to put all your, you know, basically your life's work into the, into someone else's hands and just have it completely fleeced. Um, but oh, this woman has just got serious issues if she can lie in bed at night, you know, knowing that she's just completely rinsing people who are in the, the midst of just these fucking awful life situations, you know, mm. battling like heavily just to fucking get up in the morning and just going down and using their card to buy a fucking... Bacon and egg McMuffin. It's just off mm. chops, mate. No respect. Uh, I mean, just a remarkable, remarkable abuse of trust, Vaughn. Jeez, oh. horrendous. A massive under. Under. Your local is now 35% more crowded 
than it was before COVID, Vaughan, according to Stab Magazine. Uh, Huzzah! Yes. Is, uh, this is what uh, Mitchell Shepard had to write. The car park is filling earlier. The lineup is filling more often. Greater lengths of time are spent in post-surf boho cafe queues where Bjork's 1997 album Homogenic is played at near full volume amidst the buzzing of barber's clippers and the high-pitched whine of the steam nozzle thingy. <laughs> Making you consider this. whether a watery mug of freeze-dried Nescafe was the more intelligent option. Uh, yes, the US, new research has suggested in the US a 16.9% jump the number of surfers between 2019 and 2021, on top of that, a 35.6% increase in the amount of people who surf eight times a year. Vaughn. More crowds, more Bjork albums, more Mate, there's a, queuing. There's a deep sense of cynicism in the way that this uh, paragraph has been written. I can't escape it, Smithy, but uh, I don't know. Are you one of those people who feels like more people in the water is a bad thing? I mean, fuck, mate. Maybe we're just lucky where we live, but you can go surfing right across the road right now with no one, and you'll find a little bank and you'll surf it. Mm. I mean, yeah, there's bodies. You don't always want to do it. There's bodies. There's stingies. I mean, yeah, look, everyone wants a piece of the best waves. That's where it sort of becomes a bit of a nightmare. But fuck, mate, have we learned nothing, Smithy? I mean, the waves keep coming, mate. Do you remember the from the very start of the ep, the whole world is pumping. Surely we have some space for people to get out there and get a bit of that juice. Look, Vaughn, I just want to flag right now that we're speaking from a position of privilege. Oh, extreme privilege. And uh, we're speaking from a position of La Nina privilege. And, That's uh, true. You know, look, the Northern Hemisphere has not necessarily benefited from this uh, post-colonial mm. swell apocalypse mm -hmm. uh, in the way that we have. So I think it's important that we acknowledge our privilege. True. And, uh, you know, look, the West Coast of America probably doesn't have the the long expanses of open beach break and, uh, you know, clean conditions and, you know, just year-round cones if you want them. No, they black all over the there as well. They, they lock the beaches down Ugh. in summer for a little while, which Ugh. is fucking just... <laughs> wow. Look, I've got no idea. Is there a reason? Can someone explain why they do it? Uh, to lock down a perfectly good beach from people having a surf. I'm not sure, but I'd imagine, like, most things that are fucked in America, it can be traced back to President Nixon. <laughs> And Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy corn home down to the face of the old man pipe, will sparks fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the wazzles judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would change Prophets will apply So scoff your shrews And ask us a question We will speak no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Maybe uh, just a couple of questions today. Episode has gone long, but we would be remiss if we didn't invite the Swillian army to chippy, chippy, chip in. Pretty this week, if you ask me. Adam Chest, Adam Chaston, 
has uh, said, can you guys sort out your audio levels? Always super quiet compared to anything else on Spotify. Pump it up a few dBs. Louie, get at it! Jam it, Louie. Fucking jam it to 11. Spinal tap it. I want to hear the swelling's ears bleeding. You dog. Dean Vella. He wants to know, just like me old mate Dan Mikey Jono, is Italo Peter Andre reincarnated? Oh. If you don't know who Peter Andre is, have a listen to this. Remember Peter Andre Smith? You can't forget that fucking beans and brown rice eight pack. Can you imagine <laughs> the amount of holes he ruined in his career at the height? <laughs> Andre, <laughs> talk about a strange sensation between your ears. I will say this, Smithy. Italo has brought the corn back at a deadly time of year. We said he was too serious. He's mm. too angry. He's just. Wound up like a, str- a spring. He can't get a fucking eight to save his life, no matter how many twizzy whizzies he does in the air. And all of a sudden, the corn's back, the smile's back, the posing with his six-pack in front of, you know, four-wheel drives stuck in the mud is back. And I think it augurs well for an Italo run at the world title. Chopes win, maybe, and just runs through the pack on trestles and uh, destroys Felipe Hewing, Robbo, Cal Robson's dreams. But, uh... Yeah, mate. What do you make of it? What do you make of the of the hairstyle uh, of Italo's return to smiling assassin? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pontificate too much on the headspace of Italo Ferreira or any professional surfer for that matter, because it's not something something that we like to do on this program, Vaughn. But uh, reading between the lines, a beans and brown rice eight pack, a cornrow hairdo, uh, you know, posing in the mud, getting in the mud, mm. in the mud. Mm. Next to a four-wheel drive, you know, it's it's almost like he's saying, "I've got corn on my head. My corn is dirty. Prepare to rinse it all." He's just gonna fucking absolutely rinse it at Chopu. Rinse the corn straight off his head. Rinse the corn straight out of his cornhole. Yeah. It's gonna be an old-fashioned corn rinsing. I mean, frontside rinsing the corn, it's hard. Yes. But it can be done. It can be done. And if anyone, do that's right. It's Italo. I can just imagine him sort of getting in. Um, in, in the squat position. Yeah. You know, hands on the front of the board, legs spread akimbo, and just front rinsing off the nose of his board. Is that flexible? He could do it. Pretty persuasive, if you ask me. Jacob Fry, Smithy, seeing how the goat's ear is gone after Pipe, or are we backing him at Chopes? Or should he have quit at Pipe? Also, who ate the most disco biscuits at Splendor in the Grass? UTFS. Goat. Can we see him pulling off a goatish? move and winning a Chopes to sign off the year. Because it, it's his last year, right? I mean, he'll surf pipe probably. We've talked about it many, many times. Yes or no answer from you. Can he win Chopu? Flat no. Uh, not with Jack Robinson in the draw. The Vortex Shaman. Uh, but really, that is the only guy, I think, in the top five uh, or, or in the draw who really poses any serious threat if the goat is on his game and on the good ones out there. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Hatcha Shape Smithy wants to know, is it a crime that Owen isn't invited to Chiopu given his near back-to-back perfect heats at Cloudy? How is an eight-foot man meant to qualify for overhead tubes and two-foot shit? Don't think about too much about his bronze medal. What do you make of this, mate? I mean, uh, Owen Wright, we said it last episode, it's it's his duty to be there for the Paris Olympics Mm. at Chiopu. And, uh, do you think it's a it's a bit of a have the, have the wazzle poofed it here by not inviting him 
back to Chopes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how can you not have the big O at the end of the road? He owns the joint. His name is is written all over the place in Texter. You know, I mean, well, I, I, look, it was a bit of a a bit of a faux pas on his behalf, getting you know fucking paralytic after winning the comp and, and breaking the sharpie out like it was Nara 1997 and just texturing his name everywhere in the, in the tag form. It was a bit much, mm. but still, it's there and it deserves to be there. Agreed. The scullet for Chopes forever. Get back on protection, you mark. This one is from Adocat29. And he just wants to know, and this, we'll sign off on this one, Smitty. Is it okay to just run over Muppets as they scratch for the shoulder as you go to take off, giving you no room? Should they take the, should they take the white water as who is on the wave has the right of way? Please give your multilingual answer for our imp- imported Muppets. So this guy's basically saying, what's, what's going on with blow-ins? Not paddling for the whitewash, getting right in your way as you're taking off. Yes, it's, uh, I mean, in light of those US statistics pointing at the vastly increasing surfing population, mm. it is a pertinent time to be asking such a question, Vaughan. Do we have to refashion the surf politic, the surf value system to accommodate these fucking nufty zucks that are just, uh, you know, paddling for the open face when we want to be Terry Fitzing, highlining and going warp speed? Well, I uh, haven't been one of those cunts who's been run straight over to the tune of a fractured skull and bleeding on the brain as a young child. I'm going to have to say it's probably wise to exercise a bit of caution because you never know how far the nose of your board could penetrate into someone's cranium that's true. or corn or spleen. You just never really know. No, that's true, mate. Uh, if you can avoid them, avoid them. If you can't avoid them. Cut him in half. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you kidding?